Thank you for listening to episode two of High Fade Society. We recognize that we are recording this podcast during a very volatile time throughout the country. Hopefully, we can bring you some much-needed distraction and enjoy this week's episode, which will cover last week's blunders and the Fast Company's Summer Invitational. podcast ever not my first presentation ever uh, thought it went pretty well I thought we had some good laughs uh, certainly a good building block for us um, however some things went horrifically wrong and if, <laughs> at a professional level we probably we probably wouldn't even have been able to launch that podcast so uh, anybody who listened to that podcast thank you for listening to that podcast we deeply apologize for the 30 minutes of blank air of dead air uh, on the second half of the podcast um so we're using anchor fm here and i believe that we can it says it right here you can record for up to 30 minutes in your web browser if you'd like to record for longer you can use any app on your computer and then upload the file right so right now um, we're in the minor leagues we're using the uh, the Anchor uh, browser application here. So we can only record for 30 minutes, so then we'll take a break. We did that last time. We got to the break. Chris and I went to take a piss, came back, got a drink of water, and um, we set up again. We hit start recording on the Anchor. Uh, what I think we realized... We thought we hit record on the Anchor yeah, when we yeah. came back. Well, we definitely hit record on the Anchor. What we forgot to do was turn on the power on the microphone. Yeah. So we literally sat there and talked to each other like friends normally do, uh, probably for about 25 minutes about the Fast Company tournaments, right? Yeah. Um, so we huge, huge faux pas on us. We're going to cover the Fast Company tournaments here today. So excited about that. So we don't need to leave that off. So it, it works out pretty well for us. Um, some of the other things that, that we're talking about here, uh, I, I think just to give you some context of our situation since we are not, um, we're, we're not recording this on video. So we're, we're only giving you audio right now. One, because we don't ha really have a studio. So um, I'd love to hear any input that anybody wants to, to give to us, just comment you know, on, on within the podcast platform that you're using there. Uh, we don't really have a place to, to record the podcast. Um, right. You know. We're currently in my office. The first day was the hottest day of the year so far, and the AC in my office actually, it blew. And so we were recording in a warehouse in Rockaway, and now the AC is fixed. We're in my actual office. But due to our, you know, the current COVID situation, um, it's presented, it's challenging right now. And yeah. we're just trying to, you know, work through that as a team. And, you know, we'll probably have to record a couple episodes from home. So it, For sure. Um, which, which is certainly an option. And I think a lot of podcasts that I've listened to record from home. But I, I just, I, I feel like in, in business, in life, you know, talking even anybody who's doing a Zoom birthday today or has had a Zoom happy hour, you cannot tell me that that birthday or that drive-by birthday or that Zoom happy hour or that's that is as good as being with you know in person with your friends and family. Right. And I just kind of feel that same way about doing this as well. I mean, you feed off each other, so it's almost like uh, reading the room. You know, you always. Uh, facial expressions and you know playing off each other it's hard it'll be hard to do the back and forth and know when someone's about to stop and move on so and on top of that when I'm on a conference call or a zoom meeting whether it's a birthday party or a serious business call I'm really only paying 50% attention I have my laptop open <laughs> I'm sending emails out I'm responding to group chat messages I'm reading the paper I'm playing Warzone. I'm running upstairs. Sometimes I pick up my darts. I'm throwing at the dartboard. Like I have zero attention to everything. That there's just way too many distractions. I think distractions. they call that ADD. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe maybe that's my problem altogether. Uh, and maybe that's the, one of the problems that we should mark down here as well. Uh, yeah, just a, 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 the office location. I, I'd love to host a podcast 
um, in what I'm starting to refer to as the studio office in our house uh, so that I could start having podcasts there. It's just a really comfortable space. It's like the perfect size room for a podcast. I have couches down there. Um, I have, you know, just sports memorabilia all over the wall. I have a conference, you know, TV with my Apple TV connected so we can put footage up there. I have my record albums on the wall. Yeah. It's pretty decorated. It, it'd be a pretty cool spot to host a video podcast. Um, however, uh, no one's allowed in my house well, probably for like the next on, like, 10 weeks. <laughs> yeah, focus on having a healthy, happy baby, and then uh, maybe in a month or two we'll talk about that. Yeah, I sure. think for now we'll just... Struggle on through. Yeah, and for we'll, sure. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully we still have the podcast going and we're, and we're growing from there. So feel free to share this. Share it with your friends. Let everyone know about it. Yeah, we'd really uh, appreciate that. Yeah, awesome. So um, thanks so much for, for listening. Going forward each week, we're probably going to shoot for one podcast. Maybe we get up to two when it's busy times or we just have some extra free time. What we're going to plan on covering uh, each week is the PGA tournament coming up. Uh, obviously, due to COVID-19, there's no tournament this week. Um, however, we're looking forward to covering the Charles Schwab tournament next week, which is probably going to be, which usually isn't that exciting of a tournament. You usually don't have the top players there. But I'll tell you what, this week will definitely be exciting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This week we have Fast Company's Summer Invitational tournament coming up. It's a kickoff tournament for the year. Um, we have not had our own tournament uh, kickoff this year because of covid uh, the Easter Championship, which is usually held on Easter, uh, but we've, we've changed some of the rules to not hold tournaments on uh, holidays. holidays anymore because it's tough for some people to make it. So we punted uh, Easter to uh, August. We have yet to determine the date. And this coming week, we have the Summer Invitational. Uh, it's going to take place Sunday, June 7th. We kick off media and event coverage at... 12:30 p.m. at Black Bear. Um, so, super excited about that. Yeah, I don't know what I'm more excited about that tournament or slash and the Schwab tournament, which basically, like you said, although it's not the epicenter of, of tournaments, like it's the start of golf back in you know on TV. So I'm really excited that golf is back on TV, and I think it's going to get you know some of the highest ratings ever for for an event, but. I gotta say, I'm more excited for the Fast Company event as usual. Yeah. I mean, co coming coming into the event, this event, which usually the top players aren't there. I think I'm sure all the PGA players are going to be there. Yeah. All the all the all the sponsors, they're probably going to be attending this event. They're probably going to be bringing extra, or I'm not even sure. Yeah, the whole field's there. Yeah. This, I'm not even sure if there's going to be attendees at the event, but the whole field's going to be there. They're going to be excited to play. They're probably oh. going to be bringing their A game. Uh, we'll probably see some good competition, some good shots, and just some color from the players, um, just to just to gain some excitement, especially coming off the match and all the color commentary right. that we received there as well. So I think that was good for golf. Hopefully, we see that roll over to Charles Schwab. Uh, very good. Yeah, let's talk about the summer invitational. Yeah, um, summer invitational coming up. Um, just to give everybody some background, this is only our second. Um, our second podcast. So to give more background, I run a golf league which started five years ago with me, my brother-in-law, and my cousins. It's evolved into a 15-16 player league right now um, in which we hold four major tournaments and a Champions Cup, uh, an additional tournament at the end of the year. So the way it works is it's a point scoring system uh, within each match and then uh, based on where you place in that tournament, it allows you to earn points that follow, that lead through to the Champions Cup. So uh, if you win this tournament this week, you get three points. If you're in the top 50%, you get two points. If you're in the bottom 50%, you get one point. However, if you're in the lowest 20% of the group, which I think is two to three players, three players this week, uh, you get zero points to the tournament. Of course, if you're not participating, Zero points right. for that guy as well. Um, so uh, we use that 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 structure one to keep the competitiveness going, even if like you're out of the tournament and you're falling behind. Like it's always something to think about. Like going from one point to two point, we want to keep that pressure, uh, that pressure on altogether. Yeah, the tournaments essentially emulate the majors, and then what culminates into the point system with the FedEx Cup. So yeah, um, sure. 
it's definitely an exciting system and like you said it's it makes it so even if you're not going to win that week you are still trying till the last hole because you want the points built up for the end championship cup yeah for sure and um as as the league has so as the league has grown this year we've been able to really just evolve um the engagement with the players in the league and um how we're going to uh, really tell this story of the league. So uh, obviously we've started this podcast as a platform for that as well. Um, on board um, for Sunday, Ronnie from New Jersey, who covers the Inside the Leather podcast, uh, hopefully we could get him on here soon. He's going to be covering the event. Um, we're going to have a film crew there, so we'll have video cameras um, from there from 1230 uh, to 156, uh, which we'll be covering... Um, all the all the members of the league on the range will have uh, members on the league of the league on the putting green. Uh, Chris is going to be giving uh, two golf lessons there, probably a driving golf lesson, a putting lesson, and you could follow that on first cut. First cut golf. How's so? How's um, how's that been going for you as you launch your own <laughs> Instagram channel, your own brand for first cut? Yeah, so essentially First Cut um, is going to be an instructional and tips platform. Um, I'm going to give some of my lessons that I've learned or picked up through the years, but what I really want to do is there's so many great teachers out there. I want a platform where I can bring all of them together and share that with the viewers. Um, one thing I'm struggling with is in the past my wife did all the social media so learning how to post properly, share stories, do all that, um, along with, like you said, starting a brand, logo, all that stuff, uh, along with a full-time job and two kids is definitely hard, but I've never been more excited about you know a new venture than I have currently. So it's going. Um, I'm actually about to launch my logo uh, tomorrow. Launching a logo, Ooh, big steps here. I know, big timer. And then this I got weekend, like, I got like four. I'm sorry to talk over you, yeah. I got like four or five text messages from Chris today. <laughs> Which logo do you like better? The the arrow is blue on one, it's green on the other, and I'm like, Chris, this is this is completely your decision. It's I don't important. know how it resonates with your audience at this. Point. And one thing I wanted to was a you know the the guy not or it not to look like just a guy and a girl. I wanted to be uh, diverse, but. I also wanted to tell the story within the logo. So, did you, did you design the logo yourself? Um, no. <laughs> Use outside. I, yeah, yeah I, I hired someone, um, and I've been working with him for a couple of weeks now. So. so, is it hard to pick out a logo? Have you do you pick out? Have you done something like this before? So, I actually started. I've never done something like this. He, I kind of told him about my brand, and it started off pretty poor. Um, it was completely not what I was envisioning. So I ended up drawing on a piece of paper what I was envisioning, and mm -hmm. I sent it over to them, and they made it look better and professional. So um, once I, once he like got he got what I was envisioning, it's been a smooth process. Do you have that drawing still? Yes, I don't. We, we want to see that. We want to see okay. that on your Instagram. That's tonight. fine. Yeah, definitely show <laughs> definitely show us that picture of the drawing and. Um, maybe maybe you post all the logos and let let the audience choose which logos you should use as well. I think that's, that's a, true. I should let the viewers do it. That's, that's right. true. For sure. Awesome. Um, so yeah, Chris is going to be on site giving golf lessons. Uh, it's going to be recorded. Going to be videoed. Uh, Ronnie's going to be giving Ronnie from New Jersey the golf lessons, which he desperately needs. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. He said he said he played pretty good at Black Bear. He 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 stated that he's going to win this tournament. Uh, this week, um, I have to say, for a big guy, he has a very smooth swing. Um, the one thing that I want him to improve on is his short game and feel, and he transitions from one technology to another. And with short game, it's all about feel. So transitioning from putter to putter and wedge to wedge kind of hurts you. So I really want him to get the basics down for chipping and putting and then have that lead into him finding a putter and wedge that he just loves and keeps. You know, Tiger, he never, he always goes back to the Scotty because of the feel. Same with his wedges. I mean, I mean you don't see pros switching think, putters too often. I think Ronnie has like 25 different putters. I know, it's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I heard uh, Philly Bookie was borrowing one of those putters and he, he stated he was gonna steal it from Ronnie this week. I, I highly doubt you're getting paid 
yeah. Ronnie. I think that that putter is now is now Philly's. Uh, yeah. So just the the pregame activities. Uh, we got so we're going to be interviewing the players. So we'll be introducing you to everybody uh, in the field uh, who's competing, and we'll be talking about them today as well. Um, so all in all, the sponsors we have uh, First Cut, uh, Vitiri's uh, brand. He's going to be sponsoring. Uh, Inside the Leather uh, is going to be sponsoring as well, and they'll be later broadcasting. Uh, we'll be talking about it on a podcast on Inside the Leather. I'll certainly let you know uh, when I'm going to be on, on there. Um, also, um, The Woodist Official, which is a watch brand owned by uh, Louis Oriema. He's going to be providing watches to the group for the pregame activities for everyone to, to show off there. Yeah, I'm so, excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I have one already. It's it's supposed to be in my my wedding gift that I was supposed to get from Louis. I was Louis got married. Call and, out. Yeah. No, I, I, I called him out. I went running with him last week and I asked him about it as well. He told me it's in the trunk of his car and then I got back to his car, never got the bag. Oh no, Louis got married in uh, in December. Congratulations again to Louie and Lisa. Um, Louie gave gave everybody a, like a gym bag and some other shit, and then there was a watch in there, as, one of his watches in there as well. So everybody's got the watch. Louie, I'm waiting for my watch. Um, nice watches. I really, I really <laughs> like the look of it, and he has uh, complimentary sunglasses, right? He does have complimentary sunglasses. I asked him to bring the sunglasses. I think oh. he's waiting on a shipment. Uh, coming in for those. Maybe so, if we promote the brand, I can get some free, uh, some free gear. I think that might be a possibility. <laughs> that might be a possibility. Lou, hope you could uh, pony up there. Uh, awesome. So cover the, the. What do you want to cover next, Chris, on the on the tournament? There's a, there's um, a pretty. I'd like to go yeah. over the rules and some of the bylaws because some of the and the stories behind the bylaws. Uh, the the progression of rules to the years and I I talked about this last time about how excited I was to be a part of it. When I joined, I think there was two rules. Um, all balls must drop and. I don't really remember what the other rule is. Yeah. But so, the, I think we should really go into, and you have most of these stories, but I think we should go into the rules and the story behind the rules. Yeah, for sure. Um, so w why don't we, you want to go into the rules first, or let's talk about the format of the tournament, and then I think that could help lead into the rules, and, and we, could, we could certainly segue from there. So the structure of the tournament, there's three different groupings for this tournament so you play against your grouping the entire time and depending on the game there's one two three four different games technically here some of the games are against the entire field in which your your being your score is being compared to all 11 players that are participating this sunday um so for we have net strokes so what we've done is we've taken everybody's handicap and we've allocated strokes accordingly depending on the the handicap on the hole, which is the toughness of the hole. Do you, you want to explain how the, the handicap of the hole works for somebody? Yeah, um, that's a good point. I mean, course handicap, exactly. Yeah. So on the front nine, it's usually the evens, and the back nine is the odds. So from 1 to 18, um, it's essentially ranked from our hardest being the, the number one handicap to easiest, number 18. And that's generally taken from a scoring average um, on three sets of groups from basically uh, pros slash, you know, scratch better golfers to mid-level handicaps like the five to 10 to, I think it's five to 12, and then the higher handicaps. And then based on those scoring average between the groups, they assign a handicap per hole. Um, and then what that does is allow you to equal the playing field for a match like this. Because if we went in a tournament and, you know, I think Louie, what's his handicap this year Louis, about? Louie's a, a 21.3, we rounded it up to 22 for him, so. Right, he's so he's a 22 yeah. and, you know, I'm between a three and a four, it wouldn't really, really be fair if we played head to head, right? Yeah. But with the handicap, we can allocate strokes and on some hole, he might get two strokes off that hole Whereas I, if he gets a six and I get a four, it's equal that yeah, hole. And I, so I think a specific example is Louie on the front nine here is getting a stroke on every hole, including par threes, a stroke on every hole. Um, and then on the hardest hole on the course, which is a par four, 
I think it's like a 370 yard downhill. Um, like number hole, four, hole number three. Oh, three hole number yeah. three. The, when that you, is a tough hole. When you walk up to the tee box, it doesn't seem that tough. But the, there's nothing but trees on the left. You have a lot of space on the right in case like, there's a slice there. Uh, but you're facing two pretty deep sand traps. There's a hill on the right side as well. The so green's double tiered. The green, and I think that's what makes it the hardest hole in the course yeah. is that there's this tiered green with not much room behind it. Uh, and if you're if you're off that tier, it's really hard. It's really difficult to get up up that tier. And it's also if you're on top of the on the top tier and the holes on the bottom tier, it's really just difficult to get down to that tier, making making that the toughest hole. So Louis gets two strokes there. Because it's the hardest hole, and Chris's handicap is a six, um, he gets strokes on the three hardest holes. So he'll be getting a stroke on that hole there as well. So Louis's net par on this on hole number three is a six. So if he gets a six, um, it, he just we just mark it as an even on the scorecard. Right. If Chris gets a six, it's a plus one. Um, if he gets a four, it's a minus one. And that's what we've done across the board here uh, for everyone. So we have allocated. Uh, the handicaps across the board for all three groups, and everybody's go your score is going to be kept throughout the match, and then at the end of the match, we get together, we look at net scores, and then based on where you land in the standings, if you're in first place, you get six points, second place gets four, third place gets three, fourth through eight gets one point to towards this tournament, ninth and tenth place get zero points. Um, so... That's usually not the deciding outcome yeah. uh, of this it's tournament. It's usually the matches yeah. between each three holes. Yeah, and so we'll go right into match play. Um, or, you know, we'll cover skins real quick because match is pretty in-depth. Skins works the same way, except rather than playing against the entire field, you're only playing against your entire group. So if you have four players in your group, it's skins. Um, lowest score gets the skin. Uh, each skin is worth one point. And you earn that point towards the tournament as well. And then within the skins, uh, it's different than match play. Skins carry over where match play doesn't. That's correct. Yeah. So yeah. if if we tie, it's one it's one tie all tie or two tie all tie. Sorry. Yeah. So you could actually tie, you know, the first four holes, and if you win the fifth hole, that's five points. So skins, um, although sometimes doesn't have a big deciding factor, in the last uh, couple tournaments it actually has uh, been a big factor. Uh, a lot of times you you know you'll push because there's four people in the group, and then you might get pick up a skin that's worth four or five points, which is a big a big swing. Yeah, and it and, and it really balances out the the overall field. So if Chris is if Chris is net even par. Like and he's he's shooting even through six holes, um, and everybody else could be plus two, plus three. But if he just if somebody just keeps hitting even on every hole, right. net group, even, exactly. Net even, then it just push keeps pushing the skin. So it's a, literally like everybody's working against Chris, and then Chris could bomb a hole and go plus two, you know, double bogey on a hole, and somebody with a lower handicap can 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 bogey a hole. And, and capture six skins. I remember even last year. Score. Yeah. Last year, um, I ended up winning the Champions Cup by one point. However, I do remember this is when we switched at the nine, and you joined our group. Yeah. And the first five holes, I think I was minus one. And even I didn't win a single point with skins, and I was playing some of the best golf of my life. On the sixth hole, you ended up winning it with a bogey, because you ended up getting, I forget if it was one or two strokes, Yeah. but I bogeyed, and because you had a net par, or net birdie, uh, you end up getting six points. Yeah. So it definitely evens out the playing field. Yes, um, yeah, for sure. And I, I like that for the high handicappers, because it's, it's tough for them to put together nine good holes. But if, right. if you can put together as a, as a, as a lower, or a higher handicap on this, in this tournament, if you can put together three or four good holes on the nine, you're going to be in a position to right. win. You probably need to put together one or two more holes on the back nine uh, than on the front. Uh, but if you can do that, you're going to be in a position to win. You have a chance to be in, yeah, in the top yeah. three. Yeah, and, and that leads in. The most important factor comes down to you know stringing three holes together, which brings me into match play. Right. The match play, we didn't start the league off with match play um, last year uh, because or in the first year or two, 
because um, one, we just didn't come up with the idea. Um, we just put skins out there, we had closest to the pin and net scoring, and then we started throwing match play into the, into the mix, and it, it started to get really, really interesting. Uh, so what we've done is, amongst your group, every three holes is a match, and it's net scoring over those three holes, and you're playing, you are matched up against one person in your group. Throughout nine holes, you will have a single match against everybody in that group. If you win the match against someone, you get five points, that person gets zero points. So it's a huge competition, a huge lift for you to win a match. If you tie the match, you only get three points. And um, if you lose the match, you get zero, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. And so it's so five, three, or zero. Five, three, or zero, yeah, absolutely. Super competitive, um, and, even, and it forces you to play every single hole. Right. Um, so even if you, you're, you're playing against somebody and they go triple bogey, um, they might start to come back on you uh, with net scoring uh, yeah. as well. So, so sometimes you're playing against people and you're giving one to two, you know, one to two strokes. I think even in some instances it's gotten up to three strokes, which, is, which basically weeds Chris out against a high handicapper. Right. I like actually playing the better handicapped people because I, I think I mostly lose against the high handicapped people. Because they might get, you know, through three holes, they might go two strokes in this hole, two strokes in this hole, and one in that hole. So you have three up to five or six uh, strokes, depending how the handicap of the holes lie. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we have six handicap, six, sorry, six match play matches throughout 18 holes. Certainly the most interesting aspect of the game. Um, potential of. 30 points. Potential. I don't think we've ever had anyone win no. a quick, clean sweep. Uh, maybe maybe so. they've won four and tied two, but nobody's dominated to the points. I think overall, somebody's probably scored maybe 38 points altogether throughout the tournament of a possible, like if you were to win every single point, I did the math today, um, <laughs> basically, um, you, I think you would you would score 78 points if you oh, won wow. every single point that you could possibly get. Yeah. Uh, it, that's not the total points available for the match, but um, yeah. typically somebody gets somewhere between Yeah, every skin, every closest yeah. to the pin, uh, every match play, etc. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the side action bonus uh, holes here, which includes Stableford, longest drive, closest to the pin. We'll get into how that works. That's super excited. Always makes room for drama, especially since the, the latest rule change that we made to uh, closest to the pin. Certainly have some stories around that. See you when yeah, you get Yeah, this back. is uh, Philly Book It's Realm, right? That's right. It's his world. He owns it. I think right. that went well. I think it's going yeah. well. Yeah. And earn some points. Um, and we do that through three different challenges on these hold. And, uh, we're calling going forward. We're calling them the side action challenges for this tournament specifically uh, on the front nine hole number two a par five certainly reachable in two certainly an eagleable hole if that's even a word is the hole number six. Uh, I'm sorry hole number two, which is a par five your first shot if you could put the ball out 260 270 you're going to be on a ledge yeah. On the fairway, overlooking a very, very protected it's, green. It's yeah. reachable into, however, a very unintelligent uh, shot. And, you know, I think I most of the time go for it into, and I think I've only birdied it one time out of maybe 20 times that I've ever played there. It's, you have a pond of water right in front a sand trap on either side of the hole left and right and if you overshoot it you're in the woods and it's a very uh, shallow green so there's not even a lot of room to hit it and let it roll out so usually like you said if you bomb a drive you have about 180 yards so you're generally not coming in 
too steep, you're coming in a little uh, more shallow with your ball. Yeah, if you can get it's a cool hole though. If you can get to 280, 290, and get that roll down that ledge, right? It's certainly re you're looking at maybe a six iron, seven iron, depending right. on, on on what you got there. Yeah, you just have to hit a 290 yard drive straight down yeah, the yeah. middle. Yeah, well, you, <laughs> you can do that. <laughs> so if you have the power to go for it there, on that hole, we're playing Stableford. Now, Stableford is a, it's a pretty simple game. We apply the net scoring here. So it's net par, net eagle, net birdie, net bogey as well. Uh, so the way that we apply it here is you get points based on how you score. So if you have a higher handicap here and you get par, you're actually gonna get more points than, some, than someone like Chris who's not getting any strokes on this hole. So Chris has to, in order to par this hole, needs to get a five, right? Um, in order for me to par this hole, I need to get a six, I believe. I believe that's how it works. Um, so if <clears throat> I get a six, I would get one point. If you bur if I get a five, I get two points. If I get a four, I get three points, right? Right, um, and that, just so to expand on that, yeah, a sorry. six is a net par for you. Yeah. So a net par is one point. Yeah. A five is a net birdie for you. So a net birdie is two points and a four is a net eagle for you, which would be three points. Yeah, so and to expand, you know, obviously if you get a, a uh, double eagle, it's how many points? Uh, we, we cap it at double eagle or okay. albatross, which I think is a bird. Uh, I don't even know how they came up with these names in golf, but um, either a, an albatross is four points, um, however, if you were if you hit a hole in one on the on, throughout this tournament on a part three on anything, you get ten points automatically. Okay. It's never really talked about because it's it's never it's never really happened. Um, however, I've come close twice this year in which I was playing with you to get you did have a two real, oh almost hole in ones. I've never seen you hit such a close shot. That which which one? Which time? The one that actually had backspin. Which one? Oh, on the par three over three. water. At Berkshire. Yeah. At, well, no, both of them no, were over no, water. No, not Berkshire. Both were, both were the, over uh, water. The one at Black Bear. Yeah. That actually came back off the hill and, you know, was was basically magnetizing towards the cup. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah. And so, then you then and then you walk down a little, so your elevation changed, and yeah. you're like, did that go in? Yeah, I was going nuts. Was <laughs> you were going like, nuts. oh my god. I was like, oh, I want to say yes, but no, I see it. <laughs> we played last Wednesday. We've been playing this course to get as much practice. So another game that we play here is closest to the pin. And the way that it works is uh, whoever, obviously whoever's closest to the pin gets the points. However, the more people that land on the green, the less points you receive. Right. Which makes sense, because if it's easy to get on the green, you should get less points for it. But if no one else could land on the green, you get four points for you. So if you think about the overall tournament. So expand on that. How many points are available? There's four points that are available on a closest to. So give an example of if you hit it and two other people hit it. If, so if I hit it and I'm the only one to land on the green, I get four points. If I hit it and I'm the closest to the pin and somebody else hits it, on onto the green. the green, but they're not closer than me, I get three points. Right. If there's two other people, and so two on. points. If there's everybody's on the green, the right. closest to the pin gets And do the other points. people get points? No points for just being on the green. You have to be closest Close. to the pin. So only one person yeah. gets points. Yeah, and there, there's a rule, too, as well, in terms of just measurement of this. So And we'll talk uh, about that. We'll talk that, about yeah. that later. Uh, but going back to uh, us playing last Wednesday, hole seven, it's a featured hole for us. We're going to have... Uh, a camera set up on the tee box. We're going to have a camera set up on the green, and then we're going to have a drone flying over as well. So you'll have three perspectives of every player's shot who comes through this. We expect this to be a super, super competitive hole. Right. The layout of the hole, typically it's somewhere between 145 and 155 yards over the same lake from the par five we talked about earlier. Uh, which we've named now Landoffy's Lake for the ball that he why hit. Is, why water. is it uh, Landoffy Lake? <laughs> he jumped one into the water last week, so uh, he got we, we named it Landoffy's Lake. So after Landoffy chunked it into the water, it was my turn to hit. We were 155 yards out from the pin. I chose my 7-iron. I had it teed up slightly, like maybe a quarter, half inch off the ground, and my swing was really starting to feel good that day, and ever since I hit that shot, my swing kind of, I was just super relaxed. My swing worked out for the rest of the day. Um, what did you see? Uh, because I hit it and I just saw the ball going in the air, um, and then I saw it, I was like, I think it's coming down. What, how did, what was your perspective on it? 
Um, as far as the swing or the ball? The ball. We can talk about the swing another time. <laughs> okay. the, um, the ball looked good. I mean, I, I, in the air, I didn't think it was going in. You actually hit it a little far and left. Um, not too far and left. I mean, I think you landed like maybe 10 yards past or 10 or 15 feet past, somewhere in that range. Yeah. But what was cool is when it actually hit the green, you know, you see these shots for professionals. It just started tracking backwards towards the hole. And down the hill. Yeah, so like there, there's a soft ledge there. He hit the hill perfectly. And the way the ball was spinning because of, you know, you teed it up, you had a little more backspin there. You started tracking towards the hole and it was awesome. Um, so I'm 6'4", uh, you know, I'm pretty tall. But you also started, got, when you were excited, you started walking towards the cart. Yeah. And the ball was still moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I saw it, but when you got a little lower in elevation and I could see where that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. you started losing your mind because yeah. you thought that was it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at the ball, and just to give some perspective, the, 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 t the green is a two-tier green, so there's this hill that runs from the front of the... It, 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 it's two-tiered left to right, so on the right, right. side is the higher tier, on the, on the left side is the lower tier, and the pin was on the lower tier in the center of the green, but the hill extends all the way back to, from the front to the back of the green. So you kind of want to always catch that hill and get that run down. I've tried it for 20 years. I don't think I've <laughs> ever actually hit it until this last Wednesday. And I, I hit the ball up, and I see the ball drawing a little bit. It hits the hill. It starts tracking back towards the hole. I'm, everybody's going crazy. And I'm walking towards my car because I just want to get to the green as quickly as possible. And the ball just goes right behind the pin, like in my field of view. And I just go, I start going crazy. And then, and then Phil's like, no, 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 it's still there. It didn't go in. Ronnie did the same thing oh, a couple Ronnie years ago. <laughs> that one, we all went nuts. Like that one for everybody, we thought it went in. And I've, I've seen a hole-in-one through caddying yeah. uh, one time, mm -hmm. and you know our good friend Phil has three and a half hole-in-ones, which we'll explain the yeah, half yeah, another yeah. day. But uh, yeah, I've it, I just want to get one so bad, and I, I would love one of my friends to get one and see it. But I've never been in a group where I'm playing and someone's gotten a hole-in-one. So what what's the closest you've ever come? I mean, I've, I think I've hit within an inch probably 30 times. No. Uh, yeah. I've hit it where it actually hits the pin, drops. I've hit it where I have a picture of it wedged on the top, but it didn't actually fall. So it got, it almost plugged on the side, but it was above the hole. Um, so how's that work? Wait, so give, give me a perspective. The ball has to be under the cup, essentially. Um, so so if you're like wedged in between the flag stick, if you if your if your ball if you lifted the pin and it would drop, yeah. it's in. So if it yeah. wedges, like if the pin is tilted yeah. and it's actually there, it's it's a hole in one. Gotcha. Um, there's actually a really cool account called Golf Rules. I think it's just called Golf Rules. Um, it's this Australian guy. I think he's Australian. And he has one of the best accounts that um, I follow for golf. And he goes through every situation, and that's one that he gets a lot. Um, I've gotten two double eagles, which is actually harder than hole-in-one. Mm -hmm. But I've never gotten a hole-in-one. Yeah, and Phil sure. never lets me live it down. That's like the one thing he has over me with golf. We're going to have to talk to Phil about his hole-in-ones. I oh, think he's, yeah. he's covered them somewhere else, but we'll certainly bring him on to, mm -hmm. to cover all his stories. I know one story that I have with him, which... He begged me to tell as a whole in one. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me not believe some of the other stories. But, you know, yeah, I kind of believe the other stories uh, a little bit. But, I mean, not to take away the, the, the amazing shot that he hit on a – he had a hole in one, or it was a hole in three on a par four um, over at Preakness in, in Wayne over there on the blue course. And, and we were just kind of scrambling around because the course got so busy, so we were just trying to fly, find shots play the hole, and then find another hole that we can play on. And he blasted a draw shot over trees, like a whole line of... This like, is a dog leg. I know it hole. This is a dog leg right? It's slightly. It's, yeah, you're facacing left off the tee box, that, and then the the, tee, the green is kind of offset. But it's like right. 260 yards, right? Yeah, like, something yeah. like that. And, and there's a tree line of tall trees. Right. Like, so just the fact that he got the ball... Yeah. Up and over those streets. And the first shot, so everyone knows, was just gone. He kind of just blasted it like three, three holes to the yeah. left. So he, yeah. he has his penalty, and now he's hitting three. Yeah. 
and blast yeah, it. Blast this ball over the trees. It was an amazing shot. You can't take anything away from him. And then right past the trees, there's like a mogul. Uh, as you approach the green, so like anything that rolls up will get stuck on that mogul, and then there's the green. So he must have hit this this mogul and got a fantastic bounce onto the green. We were sitting there looking for his ball for 15 minutes. I don't want to find it. I hope he doesn't find it. <laughs> you know, like I never want Phil to find his ball. Right. In which which we you, have a rule now. Yeah, you have to pay attention to him because you never know if he really finds his ball. Uh, so I'm looking around, and then I, I I'm like, let me just check. You know, I just walk up to it because it's the last place that I could have looked, and his ball's in the friggin' hole. Super pissed about it. Give him a half a hole in one for that. You get, you get the credit there, Phil. See, I've gotten a half a hole in one, though. All right. I got to say that. Fantastic. Um, but I can't count that as a hole in one. You, yeah, you, got, you yeah. can't tell the story. You should yeah. tell the story more, as much as Phil does. Yeah, no. <laughs> Maybe <but>. another time. <laughs> All right. Uh, so anyway, getting back to uh, to the side, side action bonus holes here. Um, we have closest to the pin. Obviously, everybody knows how that works. And then we have Stableford. And then we have longest drive. Uh, we have longest drive on the front nine, hole number four, uh, which is a downhill. Uh, hole number four is a downhill um, shot, right? Yeah, so you have the hole number four, five, and six. Hole number four is a downhill par four. Is four the one that drops straight down? It drops straight down, yeah. So I, I do this on purpose. Every, I'm looking at Chris's face here, and he's like, why would, why would you have horrible a longest for a long yeah, drive? It's horrible. Because typically, uh, typically, you want to lay up. You'll be somewhere between 125 and 150 yards out. It's probably you can almost drive this green if you catch the hill. And, that, and that's what I, I, I just want to get somebody. Like I want to trap somebody. Into you know who's going to drive the green, though? It's going to be Steve Warridge. Steve Warridge can drive the green. Dude, he's, but, he crushes it. He so really does. The ruling is, uh, in order for you to win the longest drive, one, it has to go at least 200 yards. Um, tip, the reason, and that's a ruling as well, um, so we could get into that now. Uh, in one um, Freedom Invitational, uh, which is the July 4th tournament, we, we implemented longest drive. Three players went. Nobody hit the fairway. Um, I pulled out my four iron. I gave myself a point just by landing on the fairway, even though the hole was a par five, you know, um, you know, like a 525 yard hole. I just put my ball out on the fairway, got myself a point. I ended up actually winning that that Freedom Invitational. But um, so now the ruling is you got to be on the fairway. Has to go at least 200 yards. So if he bombs it, even gets close to the green, right? Uh, but you can't, hit, you can't hit an eight iron in the fairway and. That point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It has right. to get 200 yards. Now, the, what's tricky about this hole is that after you reach the 150-yard pin, the the fairway turns in. There's a bunch of sand traps on the left-hand side. There's a bunch of rough. The fairway gets really narrow, so you're really going to have to crush it down the right-hand side. I think the rule says you have to be on the fairway. Yeah, However, you have to be on the fairway. And, and what if you drive the green? They, that, I think that, we got to add that. That, 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 well, that consists of the, uh, we've had this conversation okay. before. So if, if you're on the fairway or the green, you gotcha. get a point for it. What if, well. you, what if you overdrive the green? Then it doesn't count, right? Wow. Like, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a, it's, but you know what? You're still in a pretty good position. If you overdrive the green on this hole, you're in a good you're position. You're getting a birdie. Yeah. Yeah. You should get a birdie. Yeah. Or I mean, the, what may happen is people lay up to it. Um, they're 150 yards out. Um, and then if Steve goes for the green, he ends up in the sand traps or on the left-hand side behind the tree somewhere. Um, mm -hmm. And he doesn't get his point, and he would have had a better shot of laying up there altogether. So um, we'll see if anybody takes the bait on hole number four there uh, on Sunday. So overall, I think the best thing about this match is there's a lot of action going on. You're constantly evaluating your situation, how you stand against your group. Um, there's phone calls going back between each groups on what the score is. We have a group chat text messaging, reporting all the points, and it's just super, super intense. Every right. shot counts here. Every shot that everybody else takes, you're paying attention to. I think overall, in, at what point, it starts off like pretty intense. Like everybody's focused, like let me just get out, have a good first hole, and then it kind of gets like a little lackadaisical. At what point are you zooming in on winning this, Chris? Uh, you've won quite a few in the past. At what point does the intensity usually pick up for you? Um, let's see. That's a good question. So, in general, 
you don't you don't start feeling the points until after the second match I would say and after the second match is when you can gauge uh, if you have catch-up to do or if you are kind of in the lead uh, one thing that's cool is you know there could be three four even five groups so unless like unless you catch someone on a return hole and cross and quickly uh, get their scores, you really never know how you're matching up. Um, you, you always know about where someone should be at a certain time, but even when we ask you know, points, nobody's telling the truth. Mm -hmm. Everyone's either saying they're way higher or way lower. So it becomes a, a mind game at that point. I would say me personally though, I'm either trying to play catch up or like, hey, I really want to keep this up around hole six or seven. Um, yeah, so like last year um, is a good example. I was doing really poorly in the Champions Cup uh, the first six holes. And then I decided I'm going to buckle down, and I couldn't drive that day. I was just hooking everything into this fescue at Berkshire. And if you hit into the fescue at Berkshire, you are you have a tough time getting out. Ballyowen. Or Ballyowen, sorry. Ballyowen. Especially in late season. It's right. long, it's not like spring, it's long, you can't find your ball. You gotta chip yeah. out if you even can find it. Belly Owen in the spring is a completely different ball game than in right. the summer and, and in the fall there. Because the, the fescue grows out, there's just, you gotta be super on the fairway if you're in there. It's sometimes cold and windy. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's really It's like always a, windy there. Yeah, it's it's really certainly windy. has conditions, yeah, for sure. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. I mean, around hole six or seven, I think, is where I decide, am I going to play really aggressive, how is my game going to switch at this point to give myself the best position to win? Yeah. Um, the last two out of three years, I think I won the Champions Cup, which is my favorite cup by, by far. It's my favorite course in New Jersey. Uh, I think it's the most important cup, but it's also been the most challenging cup. I mean, I don't think there's, since I've started playing, nobody's won by more than a margin of two or three points. Uh, so it always comes down to the last hole, I feel like, and that makes really exciting golf. For sure, it, it certainly does. And there's no worse feeling than knowing that you don't have a shot to win this tournament. Right. Like if you get to, if you're having a bad front nine, you could certainly make it up on the back nine right mm -hmm. away. If, they, like, if, there's, if you win like two or three skins on, in those first three holes, you win your match, you, you capture a stable third, and the closest to the pin or a longest drive, yeah. you could turn you could turn swings. yourself around like Big really, swings. really fast. Yeah. But once you get through that first, if you're in the bottom section of the group, once you get through that first three holes on the back nine, the, the story begins to unfold a little right. bit. Sometimes it's a little bit tighter, but the leaderboard starts to really separate itself from the rest of the pack, and there is nothing worse than being <laughs> in the bottom of the pack. You, you're, you're a low man on the totem pole, everybody's talking shit to each other, people are reporting right. scores, and you're just tip on there on a typical round on a Sunday. And that happens yeah. a lot to everybody. Well, I mean, it's, it's the worst. You do not, I'd rather, you know, I, my, I think my fear of being in the bottom pack of the group is worse than my ambition to win the tournament. <laughs> I, I really feel that way. It sucks being out of the tournament. I left the Easter Cup last yeah. year, which I believe <laughs> Phil won, right? Yeah. I left in such, I was just so distraught because it was that after nine holes, I think I had six points. Yeah. And, you know, the winner at that point probably has 15 to 20 points. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah and it's, uh, it's hard to make up that much of a gap. You know, you're five, ten points back, you know, you got a shot, but you should be within, to win it, I think you need to be within six to eight points. At the, at the turn, at least, to yeah. have a shot. Yeah, for sure. And, and when you're in the middle of the pack, it's still pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. But, but you're, as people start pulling away, you get pretty stressed. But with as, as skins begin tallying up, there's the, always the opportunity. And um, I remember last year at, at the Freedom Invitational, which I, I brought home the jacket, I wasn't having a, a great round. I put together a few good holes. Mm -hmm. The back nine, I probably was like in the top group. What course was that? It was at Wild Turkey. So we always do Freedom Invitational Sunset right. Round at Wild Turkey. The back nine looks beautiful there when the sun's setting. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I love that course. Um, however, I, I had a good front nine, and then on the back nine I was falling apart. I think I threw my sand wedge into the woods that day. Um, it just wasn't working for me. I was trying to chip with it. I was using it out of sand. I was like, screw this thing. I'll, I'll figure something else out. 
um, the next hole I, I hit a bad shot, I, I really don't do well, um, but because skins keep pushing and the, the person I was playing against, and I think I was playing Louie in the match, he wasn't doing so well either. The, I, I, we come up to hole 18, 17, 16, hole 15, which is a short, short par 4, it's, um, the green is elevated to the left, but you, you're not going to use your driver there. So we have this marked as a longest drive. Mm -hmm. um, no one goes for it. Everybody lays up short. Um, nobody like really shoots for it. I hit a ball way to the right. I'm in the rough. The rough is like super, super long. And I'm about 130 yards out. I'm level with the green as it was elevated, but I'm on a hill on the right-hand side. And I'm, I look at the green, and it's long, and the hole's in the center back. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm just going to try to get this, whack this ball as hard as I could, hit a, a low shot. This way it hits the green at the front and runs up to the hole. I nail the shot exactly how I had planned. I, I'm a foot from the pin. I oh, end up wow. burning the hole. I take the I take so the, match, the skins and the match. I take That's the skins and match play. I have a like 11 points right yeah, there, right? I'm, yeah, I'm in, I'm in great shape. Now I'm in competition. Phil and Louie are in competition, they're at the top of the game, I'm at the top of the game, and Phil and Louie haven't played each other all day, so we switch over to match, we go 16, 17, 18, Phil and Louie are playing each other, so oh, one wow. of them is it's not out. going to win. Yeah. And I'm play I forget who I was playing, I believe I was playing Carp, uh, but the next hole is a par three, 165 yards over water, hole number 16 at Wild Turkey. I nail a 160 yard shot, maybe four or five feet from the pin, I, I think, one other person was on the green. I grabbed two points there. Uh, actually, I grabbed the skins on the next wow. hole. So the skins pushed, and I grabbed the skins on the next hole. I believe I got nine points there. I was in the lead. So you had a big swing. A within, huge within like two holes, you're yeah. jumping 15 points. Yeah, all in all, it's super exciting. Like what all it takes <laughs> is like that one good shot or yeah. that one good hole to get you back in this, and you could come roaring back. Uh, and, and take the jacket or the and, and, yeah. and explain the mood. I mean, you were probably a little uh, down and you know not having the best time. And then you're going nuts, right? I, I was, I was miserable. I was, like, when, I was, when I remember looking at my ball in the rough on that hole and just being like, "Shit, how am I gonna this pull is this the off?" End of my yeah, this, this is the end of it. Like, like here we go. It this was, is definitely a low percentage shot. Yeah, and I nailed it. And Phil was like, "Oh, you know," Phil yeah. got all excited. He was like, "Look at it roll!" Like screaming, and it just turned the tournament around. It, it was just a good time. But the frustrations, um, you know, being in the middle of the pack, being at the top of the pack, it's a lot of fun. Being at the pack at the bottom is, is really, really miserable. Um, and when you're playing bad at one of these tournaments, you know, people come focused. They wake up early. They have breakfast. They get to the course an hour or two early. Oh, right? that's my thing. <laughs> yeah, I have a whole soundtrack for yeah. driving to the tournament. Um, so How many you, times have I texted you guys where it's dark out and yeah, I'm there before yeah. they open? <laughs> <laughs> we, we've had to change the time because people, we usually have these tournaments like very early in the morning, like yeah. the first tea times is where we could get it lined up. Uh, but, but some people just don't show up and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, well, I think, yeah. yeah, as we expand on that, um, you know, we're talking about the rules and I think the bylaws are the most exciting and have the most history to it. And I think the next episode we could really dive into those um, and give those stories, right? Um, yeah, for sure. And that concludes our episode for this evening. This is Rich Mastriani. Thank you for tuning in to High Phase Society. Tune in next week as we talk PGA golf and the upcoming Freedom Invitational Tournament. Subscribe to your favorite podcast platform and follow us on Instagram at High Fade Society.